Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans at the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. And welcome into another episode of the BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by In We Go, Denver's dopest subscription service that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Make sure you check them out. Uh, use the promo code uh, BSN2018 and uh, get $19 for your first month. Make sure you guys check that out. It's a really great service. Uh, we, you know, we promote it every, literally every show here, but... It really is a service that most of us at BSN Denver actually make regular use of. Uh, so it's it's kind of a rarity in that way that it's a it's a great service that we like to promote that we actually use and believe in and have a great relationship with. So uh, check that out. I am here alone um, following uh, Colorado's two one win over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know Jesse was on duty hanging out with. Everybody in the uh, the suite tonight during the game. Uh, my partner in crime, Adrian Dater, uh, caught the flu bug uh, today. So uh, shortly after morning skate, and uh, he decided that uh, it was best he uh, stay away from me as I get ready to go on a road trip. And you know, I don't want to I don't want to get sick right before I go on the road. Although you know, to be honest, it kind of feels like it's it's happening. But moving on. You know, we'll, we'll deal with that one later. Uh, tonight, we are focusing on Colorado coming out on top of the Montreal Canadiens in kind of a sleepy 2-1 game. Certainly not the high-scoring, uh, action-packed affairs we've become accustomed to seeing at Pepsi Center over the last couple seasons. Uh, this one is a little bit slower. Uh, didn't didn't feature as many uh, crazy high-scoring uh, chances uh, that, that we've definitely uh, gotten used to 
Uh, and certainly an, an, an interesting game to talk about when you're trying to talk, uh, when, when, when you talk about the eye test, the classic eye test. What are you seeing, you know, on the ice versus what are the numbers telling you? Because uh, we've got two very different games that Colorado has played this week uh, at home. You know, the, the numbers against the Islanders on Monday and their 4-1 loss all looked really good. Uh, strong suggestion in those numbers that Thomas Grice might have stolen a game for the Isles, uh, shut down a, a, a pretty lethal avalanche attack that poured on shots, and uh, the Islanders were a little more opportunistic and capitalized on weaker goaltending. And then tonight against the Canadiens, uh, you're you're talking about an effort that was a little bit more of. Uh, the Avalanche, you know, you, t- tonight was the old quantity versus quality debate that we used to get into um, seemingly every night during the Patrick Waugh days um, when he was coach, I mean, of course. Because, uh, you know, he used to talk about, oh, you know, a guy shoots a guy sh- shoots from just inside the blue line and that counts as, you know, that's that's one coursey event, you know, but how, how valuable really was it and We've always kind of had these quality versus quantity debates, and tonight's game was a really good example of one of those. Uh, as the Canadiens, if you just look at shot attempts uh, at 5v5, Canadiens 65-38 to 38 advantage against Colorado. But when you start to dig into the numbers a little bit more, scoring chances were a little higher uh, for both teams than they are in a lot of Avs games. 29-26, um, to 26, again, 5v5 numbers uh, in favor of Montreal. Um, 29, 26 is a, for the abs. That's the, both of those numbers are a little bit high. Um, uh, but where this really gets interesting is in the high danger chances. Uh, the avalanche had the advantage 12 to four. And if you look at the heat map on the night, you look at where everything is coming from. Uh, Montreal's got lots of color all over them, all over their zone. Uh, but very few lit up areas and almost nothing in front of the net. Uh, who, which was manned tonight by Philip Grubauer, who did an excellent job in route to a 35-save uh, performance. I wrote a piece on BSN Denver tonight that you can check out and should check out about how that performance just might be the first major step in the uh, uh, Philip Grubauer taking over for Semyon Varlamov uh, as the starting goaltender for the Avalanche. You know, it's, it's going to be a... a, a Long process, something I will definitely get into probably next segment, but for now, um, getting back into the nerdy stuff, uh, into my numbers and my heat, my heat charts, nah, nah, nah. Um, you know, Colorado generated the majority of their chances uh, right in front of Carey Price. You know, we saw it minutes into the game, even. Uh, Matt Calvert was stopped by Carey Price on a great uh, great glove save. Um, I'm sorry, great, great blocker save uh, by, by Price, and um, that that kind of set the tone for the night where he made several just spectacular saves uh, on on grade-A scoring chances, uh, especially against that Carl Soderberg line. Uh, both Calvert and Nieto had very, very good scoring opportunities in the first couple of shifts of the game. Um, the Colorado's top line didn't really get it going until later. Uh, obviously, they scored both of the goals, so they uh, definitely did get it going <laughs> uh, just in time. Um, you know, and produced both of the, the, both of the goals for Colorado and both were kind of strange goals. Um, I guess let's just jump, you know, jump right into that. Um, you know, the first goal, a misplay of the puck from Carey Price, 
Uh, he comes out to play it. McKinnon's attacking on the forecheck, and Price uh, sees you know Shea Weber is curled off to his left, and instead of putting it in the corner or behind the net, uh, he kind of he kind of puts it at an odd angle. And McKinnon, you know, who's already moving forward, um, you know, and is uh, one of the most explosive skaters in the NHL uh, to begin with, it did not take very much for him uh, to explode forward and 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 grab that. Uh, so interesting decision. And then as soon as he got it, you know, I thought as soon as he stole it from from Price, he actually had an open net. Uh, and I thought he might try and, and shoot it immediately. Because if you look, as soon as he gathers the puck in, he's got the whole net to shoot at. But his momentum was carrying him away from the net. Uh, so instead of that, he uh, he stopped and gathered the puck in, turned around and looked, saw Ranton in all by himself. Uh, as uh, Jordy Ben was uh, scrambling to get back into position because uh, he had flanked out to Price's right. And <laughs> Price is right. Nice. Um, and uh, McKinnon found Randon. Randon had a lot of the net to put that thing away, and no no brilliant save from Price on that one. And the Avs had tied the game just a few minutes into the second period. Uh, and it was the second period that I, honestly, I thought Montreal dominated that period. Um, they outshot Colorado 14-4. to and when you're talking about quality versus quantity and all that, it, it does not really matter when you get outshot 14 to four. Um, and then scoring chances in that period um, very heavily in favor of Montreal. Uh, they had a 14 to five advantage, but that's where Philip Grubauer came up huge, uh, came up particularly huge, uh, moving to his left. Uh, made a big, made a big, 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 big save on a nice little passing play in which the Canadians had a three-on-one opportunity, and he got over there, made the save, uh, kept that game uh, tied at one apiece. Huge saves from Grubauer. He came up big all night, and he was really the first star of the game. Uh, I believe he was actually named first star uh, appropriately, so uh, easily earned it. Um, and that was. Uh, that was good stuff. Um, I mean, he need, man, did he need that, and the Avs needed that. Um, but again, we'll get into Grubauer, Varley, and goaltending in the next segment. Uh, I really did like uh, what with the Avs. I I thought that they they tightened the screws uh, really nicely in the third period, and I think that was probably the thing that was most interesting about tonight for me was they weren't playing with the same kind of energy that we've uh, we've seen them, especially in their wins this year. They weren't playing with the same kind of flow and the same kind of jump. Uh, they didn't have that uh, infectious enthusiasm that we've seen run through their team. It was a choppy game. Uh, there were a lot of penalties on each side. Um, it, it was it was very uh, it was it, it felt very stop and go. Uh, I think there were eight penalties called tonight. And, you know, it's hard to get into a real a, a real flow, a real game flow when that's going on. Yeah, eight penalties tonight. And, uh, you know, Colorado, um, to, to their credit, did a good job clogging shooting lanes. You know, they had 26 block shots tonight uh, as a group. Um, and so that's... That's, you know, that, that really helps a goaltender when, um, when, when you've got a team that's just bombing away from all over the place and you're clogging up shooting lanes uh, and you're not making the goalie make 50 saves. 
you know, that's that's going to help quite a bit. That makes his job a lot easier, and the Avalanche were a lot more aggressive uh, in, in getting after guys tonight and, and, and making sure that um, those shooting lanes were consistently clogged. Um, but the third period, it's 1-1 going in the third period, a situation the Avs do not often find themselves in. And they've been beat up on the scoreboard. They just got outshot 14-4 in the second period. Um, they they got out they they outplayed the Canadians early on in the first period pretty hard, and then Montreal really took it to them uh, in the second half of that period and started to build that momentum, built it all the way through the second period. But what I really liked, Colorado came out and they played a very good third period. Um, again, quality quantity conversation comes into play in that third period. The Avalanche scored. Um, very early on in the third period, uh, just 35 seconds into the into the final frame, uh, Landeskog on kind of a weird play. Uh, penalty was being called, and it looked like Jonathan Duran and, and Landeskog kind of collided ever so slightly. Uh, momentum carried them into Carey Price, uh, and Landeskog uh, made contact with Price. The puck popped loose. Uh, he had it in his chest at that point. Puck popped loose. In the air, uh, Landeskog batted it out of the air and into the net. Um, it was called on ice a goal immediately. Um, it negated what was a delayed penalty. The Avs were about to go on a power play. Uh, and um, uh, Montreal challenged for uh, goaltender interference. And to be honest with you, given the way things have gone for the Avs this year, if they, if, if opposing teams aren't challenging for goaltender interference when an Avs player is within two feet of the netminder, uh, then they're not taking advantage of their opportunities. You know, they're not living their best lives. And uh, shame on them, but the uh, Canadiens know what's up, and they gave it a whirl. Uh, inexplicably, it did not work out their way. They're, they're in their favor. My personal feeling, I thought it was goaltender interference. Um I also said on Twitter at the time, I have no idea what they think of as interference anymore in the NHL. Uh, I talked to a couple of people in the press box tonight, and uh, a couple of the different scouts said, hey, what do you guys think? The vast majority of the opinion that I was able to get, a quick straw poll up there, was uh, most of us thought it was goaltender interference. It did not end up that way. The Avs got to keep the goal. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll call it some hockey, hockey karma for some of the ones they've had called back that I th felt were pretty questionable, but definitely went in Colorado's favor tonight. Um, that ended up being the game winning goal. But what I really liked is that Colorado didn't stop playing. There was no classic turtle until I would say the last five minutes or so. And, you know, I'm not going to begrudge when a team does that just because it's so common and every team kind of, kind of shifts into the. We don't want to make the big mistake mode. Um, the Avalanche did a really good job. They should have had a third goal awarded to them. Um, there were two penalties called in the last couple minutes of the game. Colorado did a great job of playing keep away for about a minute on a delayed penalty. And then um, I'm not sure with Carey Price pulled, the Avs, um, the Avs top line was able to, to spring free from the defensive zone and get down the ice. And uh, there was a penalty called. With the uh, the net was empty, I'm not sure why it wasn't called an automatic goal. Uh, it might have just been a puck possession thing. I thought live it was an automatic goal, but you know, again, not knowing like the minutia of the exact rules, um, chances are I'm probably wrong about that. I usually am when it comes to like the exact wording of the rule. 
Um, but I, I thought live it should have been a third goal awarded. It did not end up that way. Whatever. Not, not really a big deal. But I liked – overall, my point is I liked the third period. They came out, they got the lead early, and then they played. They played hockey through the third period. They didn't play 19 and a half minutes of, hey, let's not screw this up. You know, they gave up five – or they they generated five high-danger chances, uh, one of which, of course, was the goal, um, and then gave up none uh, to the Canadiens in, in the third period at 5v5. That's perfection. Um, scoring chances were 7-7. Seven to seven. The Avs did what quality veteran teams regularly do in third periods of games where they shut it down, they play low-event hockey, they play safe hockey. It's exactly what the Nashville Predators have done to the Avalanche over and over and over and over again since Peter Laviolette took over on the bench in Nashville. Um, They consistently do that to Colorado. And it's incredibly frustrating to watch when you're on the other side of it and your team has no flow and they can't generate scoring chances. You're only down by that one goal and you just need that one break and the other team is just giving you nothing. They've just got a vice grip on the game and they refuse to let it go. And that was the avalanche tonight. And to be honest, these were an important two points. Colorado had gone 1-3-1 and one in their last five games. You know, Montreal is a quality team. That's a, that's, a, that's a solid hockey team over there competing for the postseason with a bunch of other solid teams. And the Avalanche were, you know, the Avalanche have been, a, when you go through a stretch like they have, you're a little bit in danger of losing, you know, what I say, come, you know, losing contact with the teams in front of you. You know, Winnipeg and Nashville, 46 points. Um, we're sitting four points ahead of Colorado before the game started. You know, the Avs were five points ahead of Dallas for the last uh, playoff spot. Um, or Dallas is the last team uh, on the outside looking in, What is what I'm saying. They're the, the first team out of the playoffs right now. With uh, with 37 points, Colorado came in five points ahead of them, um, but without a hand uh, game in hand advantage and all that nonsense. So, um the Avs, the Avs really, you know, five points. You're talking about a, a win here, win there. Next thing you know, that five points is two points. It's one point, and your your cushion is gone. Uh, a win tonight, Colorado got – they pushed that back up. It's back up to seven points now of cushion between them and not being in the postseason. Uh, they're – I mean, they're, they're now back up to five points ahead of Edmonton, who's the last team in the postseason. And obviously 35 games in, none of these things are incredibly important. But you you want to stay in the race, and you don't want to spend all season chasing. The Avs players have talked about this repeatedly, that last year the chase wore them down at the end of the year a little bit, that every game was so important. It just became emotionally exhausting for them, that they were constantly, constantly chasing, chasing points. They needed every single point. Uh, pulling points in a game like tonight, where you don't particularly play very well, but you get great goaltending and you just scrape by with just enough offense. Those are key victories. Those are e- those are big time wins that that you look at later in the year and say those are the ones. You know, if you get five of those, you know, there's there's ten points right there that give you it's such a huge difference in the standings. And the Avs moved to 44 points tonight. They're just two behind Nashville, and Nashville 
it's 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 interesting because the central division we talk about how great the central is and how how much of a a bloodbath it is not really the case this year dallas and minnesota are just okay st louis and chicago are bad teams those are bad hockey teams and at the top winnipeg is still trying to kind of find themselves they're kind of having existential crisis mode right now and they're trying to figure out really who they are and nashville has gone through insane injuries right now and so that's you know and and their dominance on the road to start the season has completely evaporated uh they've been terrible on the road um and and it's you know all of those things add up to nobody in the central and nobody in the western conference honestly has broken away from the pack you have three teams in the west who are tied at 46 you've got um two teams in san jose and anaheim at 43 and colorado at 44 points it's kind of a clustered group at the top there you know those top six teams with vegas coming on strong as well and edmonton hanging around especially after the uh, hitchcock hiring you look out east, and there's a much larger disparity in, in the quality of teams uh, at the tops of the divisions in the in those top spots right now. Uh, out west, it's just a bunch of good teams, but it doesn't feel like there's anybody elite out west yet. And, you know, some of that, again, Winnipeg hasn't found itself. Uh, Nashville is going through injury hell. Colorado's just kind of this plucky upstart that's still obviously trying to find itself. Calgary, really good team. Um, San Jose has really been doing a lot, kind of like Winnipeg, kind of a, a team searching for themselves a little bit. Anaheim's on a really crazy hot run right now that I personally am not taking very seriously. I don't think that's a very good team. I think Vegas will probably overtake the Ducks uh, as the season continues to go on as the third best team in the Pacific. I don't really take Anaheim that seriously. Uh, and then Edmonton, Dallas, Minnesota, I think, are the next teams that I'm are really vying in that in the, in the West for the for uh, playoff positioning. Uh, I've kind of gotten off track here. My point was Colorado needed the points tonight. They needed to, to stop the losing. They needed to remember, hey, this is a four game homestand. They won the first one. Uh, they've won the third one. They've got one more on Friday against Chicago. Uh, I'll get into that here in the next segment. It's a good stopping point for me. Otherwise, I will just continue on down the rails. So I'm just going to go ahead and take my first break here. <sighs> Reset a little bit. Come back. I want to get into goaltending. I want to get into uh, this weekend and why it's so important. Because um, it, it is. These are all really, really important. And these are big opportunities for the Avalanche to do something. To really put themselves in very, very good position moving forward. I'm going to go ahead and take that break as promised. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games, for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only 39 bucks a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, Concerts, Beer Tastings, Food Fests, Comedy Shows, Concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. 
That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. All right, welcome back in segment number two here of the BSN Avalanche podcast. I am AJ Hayfley hanging out here by myself. One man army uh, tonight as my uh, co-workers, you know, we had to uh, sort of split off and make the best of the situation. You know, sometimes these things happen. Uh, we are all ex- expected to be back together uh, tomorrow night for our Thursday podcast. Uh, I believe we're doing it from Blake Street Tavern. So um, looking forward to that as always. And then, uh, you know, I will be uh, MIA for a while after that. That'll Tomorrow night will be my last pod. Uh, for a bit, maybe we'll see. We'll see how things go on the road, but might be my last pod for a bit um, as I as I take off uh, for a road trip and then take a little personal time uh, next week. So, plus it's Christmas, and I you know I don't think you guys really want to be spending your holiday listening to us talk about hockey while it's not going on. So uh, anyway, you know we'll get to the future when the future gets here. Um, oddly enough. Almost profound. Um, speaking of the future, though, it may have actually arrived in Denver tonight as Philip Grubauer, 35 saves. Uh, Jared Bednar said after the game they've been waiting for somebody to kind of take hold of that position and and step up in the goaltending department and kind of stem the tide of goals that have been free flowing against the Avalanche lately. And I got, I mean, I got to say it. Tonight was big. Tonight, tonight, it felt it felt like a really a big moment for Philip Grubauer personally and in his career. It felt like a big moment in 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 Avalanche history. Even you know, it felt like one of those nights we we could easily look back on uh, four years from now and say, "Oh, you remember that game against the Canadiens when Grubauer took the starting job from Semyon Varlamov." Um, because I mean, you look at it and I mean, Varley, you got to remember Varley has been the goaltender in Denver for a long time. And for the majority of that time, the unquestioned starter, uh, if you go back and, and you look at his teams, uh, you look at, you look at those, the old abs teams, you know, Calvin, Calvin Picker is really the only prospect that's ever kind of pushed, um, you know, he had Jean-Sebastien Jaguer early in his Colorado career uh, as kind of the young or as kind of the, the, the wily vet to help the young guy out and, and kind of find his legs as a classic setup. Um, and, and you know, it, you know, then, then, then Pickard and, huh, you know, last year, John Bernier, you know, a, Real backups, and then this year, you know, with with Varley facing unrestricted free agency, you know, the team went out and they said, "Hey, we're we're gonna go, we're gonna go get the backup, uh, the, the the top backup on the market, and he's gonna be our goalie of the future." Varley will play out as last year, and we'll just kind of, you know, we'll see how this goes. Uh, and Varley responded with a white hot start to the season. Yeah, he would he he was excellent. And even if you look at uh, some of his numbers right now, they've come way down in the last 10 days. His last five games, uh, 
total disaster. I mean, it, I, I I wrote my piece tonight, and I said that you know I, I pointed out Varley Varley he went from a nine thirty save percentage to a nine thirteen save percentage in five starts. So uh, for and and when you're like twenty ish starts into the season, to to, to move seventeen points in either direction is is huge. But to drop 17 points in five games, you are getting lit up, sir. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, he just he, he was just getting crushed. And uh, you know, and it, and it certainly isn't like Grubauer has been aces, right? You're not. We're we're not talking about Philip Grubauer like he's been a superstar, and the Avs have just been stubborn and not playing him. Grubauer has not been great for the abs this year if you look at it i mean 11 starts and he's at a quality start percentage of 36 uh you know his washington career he was at 62 percent in quality start percentage which is one of those newer things that we've started to take a look at to, to evaluate goaltenders um Grubauer's goal saved above average this year is in the negatives for the first time in his career at negative 3.89. It hasn't been any good. I mean, he just hasn't been good enough. Those, these numbers are actually uh, before tonight's game uh, that I'm looking at. They haven't updated them since the game ended, but um, Grubauer did. I can tell you Grubauer did go from an 897 save percentage pregame to a 904 save percentage postgame because somebody wanted to know. And so I, I was able to dig that one up. But all these other numbers that I just gave you are now, of course, out of date, naturally. But uh, point being, Grubauer, uh, just he's been lackluster so far for, for the Avalanche. But he's been coming on a little bit. The Florida game, you know, he started that Florida game and did pretty well for himself. He started the St. Louis game, not as good, definitely got hung out to dry a little bit in that game. Uh, with the uh, you know, obviously with the overtime goal, but a couple of point shots beat him, and that was discouraging. And then you know he he's given up he had given up uh, goals in uh, relief appearances against both Edmonton and Tampa. Um, not not great efforts from him in either one of those games, but his actual you know his actual starts, um, you know Florida, St. Louis, and uh, tonight against Montreal, two of those three really good starts. Really, you know, quality starts. He stopped 33 of 35 against Florida. Uh, tonight he stopped 35 of 36. Obviously the St. Louis game stands out as the outlier. It was not a very good game for him. Uh, had they had the Avs been able to steal that, had he made that save in overtime and maybe they steal a point there, uh, get that second point, we're not, we're not looking at this game tonight like it's such a big deal uh, in terms of goaltenders. But tonight did feel like a big deal. Uh, the Avs have not, they've not stopped pucks lately. You know, they've been giving up, just, I, I mean, pun intended clearly, but an avalanche of goals. You know, they gave up four against the Islanders. They gave up uh, four against the Stars, uh, four against the Blues, six against Edmonton, seven against uh, Tampa Bay. And then you had the one game against Florida uh, where they only gave up the two, but six against Pittsburgh. And that Pittsburgh game was really the one that kind of kicked off this crazy streak of uh, goaltender futility for the Avs. And that's important. It's important that I say that for a couple of reasons. One, because even though it's felt like 10 years of futility from Colorado's goaltenders, we are talking about a very small portion of the season. You know, the Tampa Bay game, you know, we'll start with the Pittsburgh game. 
and you're talking about um, a handful of games there. You know, the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six out of seven games, they give up four, at least four goals. So you're not going to win very many times when that happens. That's just, I mean, you're just not. And, you know, tonight, Colorado, again, the offense um, struggling. You know, as many times as I've said the Avs really aren't a one-line team, guess what? They've been a one-line team for oh, two weeks now. You know, they've gotten very little. You know, the, the one goal they scored against the Islanders was the top line. The two goals that they scored tonight were the top line. The six goals, well, the, really the eight goals that they scored uh, against the Stars, primarily the top line. You know, they got a goal out of Calvert and, uh, and Nieto early in that game. But the other five goals that counted in that game were all generated by the top line. So, you know, you're you're talking the, the offense has, has run into a problem and the goaltending hadn't been there. The goaltending was there tonight and the offense was just there enough. You know, if you're winning games, if you're going to find a way to win games when you're not playing particularly well, that's huge. You know, and obviously the Blues game, uh, they, they had contributions throughout the lineup in that game which was another reason why it was an incredibly frustrating loss and arguably their worst loss of the season uh, in my mind just because of the situation and how everything turned out. But, I mean, they got goals that night from Andrew Ghetto, Calvert, and Comfer and lost the game. <laughs> in a, you know, when they had the power... And, ah, I don't even want to relive that nightmare. That whole trip for me sucked, as most of you who follow me on Twitter <laughs> uh, might, might remember. Uh, not a great trip, um, but that's they, they haven't been good. You know, in the Oilers game, the, the Oilers game was interesting because that the the Avs were flying in that game. The offense was generating; they were clicking. They were, I mean, they scored four goals. Obviously, a couple of them came late, um, where you're saying all the games, you know, it's out of touch. It doesn't matter. Uh, but if Colorado could just get some saves, if they could have just gotten some stops in that game, I think they would have won that game. Um, I, the offense was clicking. They were generating. They were they were really not being slowed down much at all. And that was you know another game where uh, they got they got contributions um, from you know from some guys. You know, Colin Wilson had a goal in that game. Otherwise, it was you know although that was the top power play unit, which you know I think Ranton and Landeskog got the assists on that. So. Um, all top line in that game, but they, you know, still the offense in that game was rocking and rolling. I mean, they put 40 some odd shots on goal that night against Edmonton. And so the offense had been going and then the, uh, the goaltending wasn't. And then, you know, tonight the goaltending was there, but the offense really wasn't. And they were able to get a couple. They were, they scraped out two very fortunate goals and it was just enough. And I think it was a really important way for the abs to win because, for one, they got a great goaltending performance. That does wonders for a team's confidence when they aren't feeling, because the Avs have been playing very tight hockey, and that happens when a team feels like every mistake it makes is going to end up in the back of the net. A team gets in its own head. They start thinking about everything. That's exactly what's been going on with them lately. Um, tonight was the kind of game where they got out of their own head. They can get out of their own head a little bit. They can, you know, relax a little bit. I think you're going to see a very loose team on Friday night against Chicago. It is going to be interesting, that Chicago game. Uh, one, the goaltending choice, which we'll find out at practice later on. Um, 
but the goaltending choice will be interesting. Uh, that the it's a scheduled win for the Avalanche. Colorado or Chicago is actually playing Thursday night, um, and then traveling to Colorado to play. Colorado is obviously sitting at home, waiting for them on the fourth game of a homestand, and then they will take on the Blackhawks and then fly to Arizona the next day. Um, I am headed to Arizona on Friday uh, ahead of them to meet them there. Um, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, to see, but I think the win tonight should help them relax and loosen up a little bit and, and kind of remember, Hey, this is a fun game. Winning is fun. We don't have to be quite as uptight. Uh, we've still got a job to do, but we don't have to make it quite so, you know, obsessive about every little detail. You know, you, you can play the game and you know, we, we have goaltenders that can stop pucks. It's good that they remember that because, you know, confidence is so important for this team, especially with all the young guys who are still developing and still trying to find their way and figure it out. You know, this becomes a one-line team when those young guys are not rocking and rolling. We saw Colorado's second line tonight against Montreal was truly, truly terrible. Jost, uh, Andrew Ghetto, Comfer, atrocious tonight. That line was so terrible. And normally I, I, I talk about how, one of those guys is usually going, and occasionally, like in St. Louis, you get all three of them going, and boy, are they fun to watch. Tonight was the exact opposite of any of that. They were all bad. They were None of them were going, and they got obliterated by Montreal tonight. Not a single, Jost nor Andrew Ghetto, not a single shot attempt at 5v5 while they were on the ice. That's bad news bears. Confer only had, the, uh, I think, two shot attempts. So it wasn't like JT Confer certainly was lighting it up either. Uh, that's the kind of performance that I think is going to get Alex Kerfoot put back on that second line, which is exactly what should be happening anyway. I don't need to go back down that path again. I did it uh, pretty loudly on the last podcast. I won't revisit that now. But uh, I think I think uh, that's that's where they're ultimately headed. Um, and and really interesting. Uh, the, decision on on Jared Bednar's hands uh, it would be more interesting if they didn't have the back-to-back this weekend um, but you have a couple different dynamics in play you have the Blackhawks coming at home um, do you want to do you want to save you you don't have a number one right now you have like a 1a 1b with Gruby and, and Varley right now and Grubauer just had the hot start but Varley has the crazy history against Chicago. He's owned the Blackhawks in his career. The Blackhawks are going to be tired against a rested Avalanche team. The Blackhawks, oh, by the way, aren't very good. Uh, so Colorado is maybe for the first time in many, 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 many years is going to be heavily favored in that game. And we'll see. You know, the Avs, the Avs took care of business against these guys last year. The Blackhawks came into Denver, and it was like, well, how are the Avs going to handle it? And, you know, they're the, they're the favorites against a team they haven't been a favorite against in a long time. And, they, they you know, they, they whooped them pretty easily. They, those were not particularly close games. Um, even when they ran Varley and hurt his knee and took him out for the rest of the year. And that's kind of the interesting conversation. Varley's got the history against Chicago. Chicago will be tired. If you're looking at the two games, you're saying that's the easier of the two. Um, you should start Varley in that game and then give Grubauer the start in Arizona. The one where you're gonna you're expecting you're a tired team. Um, and so you're saying, okay, that's the game that we want to give our, our starter. 
you know, because Arizona's going to be in the same position on Saturday that Colorado is on Friday. Arizona will be at home. Arizona will be finishing up uh, a homestand, and they will be welcoming in uh, a team on the second night of a back-to-back. And so you want your number one goalie in that situation. For me, I think they should go Varlamov on Friday. It's the quote-unquote easier game. And then you have uh, Grubauer in Arizona on Saturday to try and maybe steal you a point or two uh, as, as you go in there as a tired team versus a rested team. You expect you need to lean on your goaltending more. Which guy are you going to trust to do that right now? Uh, to be honest, neither of them are the one are the ones that you trust. But you have to make choices. This is the real world, kid. You've got to make a call. You have to. You have to. You know. You got to make a choice. And I think I think it should be Grubauer uh, Saturday against Arizona. The flip side of that is you're saying, hey, if Grubauer is your number one, you want to maximize your chances of getting the points against Chicago. Grubauer's your guy right now. He's the one coming off the hot start. You want to reward him with another start. Um, get him, Maybe get him into a little bit of a rhythm. He understands he wouldn't play Saturday. Varley would play Saturday then. But uh, going into the Christmas break then, because they will not play again until the 27th in Vegas, um, you know, you're, you would be saying, hey, I understand. Or, you know, maybe, maybe because you don't, because the Avs will have five days off in between games. Maybe they give Grubauer the start against Chicago, and if he plays lights out, just try and build up that confidence and do it again. And maybe you play Grubauer um, Saturday night against Arizona as well. If he Again, he would have to play very well against Chicago to justify that for me. I still wouldn't do it. I'm traditional in that way. I've looked at the numbers. Goalies playing back-to-backs are, are traditionally very poor in the second night of those back-to-back situations. And yet we saw at the end of last year, Semyon Varlamov played them both, and the second night was a, a number of times was was strong, was put up impressive performances. So uh, the Avalanche are actually in an interesting spot there. I think with Grubauer playing the way that he did tonight, you you know you could justify giving him because the back to back makes this interesting to me. Um, but I would say Grubauer for Arizona, Varley for Chicago. Uh, if Bedner comes out tomorrow and switches it and says, hey, we want to reward him with back-to-back starts uh, because he has been, he was so good for us in beating Montreal. We were very comfortable with him. We're, we're hoping he takes the job and runs with it. We're hoping somebody takes this job and runs with it. We're going to give him the chance. He goes out and he plays against Chicago. Um, you know, okay. And then we'll see about Saturday. Uh, I Again, I would go Varley and then Grubauer, but... I would I would love the moxie of the coaching. I, I would love the message it sends to Grubauer if they went with Grubauer against the Blackhawks. So it's going to be, you know, a lot of interesting dynamics at play. That's what makes the whole situation interesting. It's also what makes coaching difficult. It's not as easy as just sitting on Twitter and being like, why did you put Gabe Bork in your lineup like a guy like me does all the time? You know, and, and then we pretend like that's the extent of coaching. Uh, a lot of dynamics at play, a lot of conversations they're going to have to have in the next couple of days with those guys. And, you know, some real talk might be uh, might be in store. So uh, I'm curious to see how it goes. By the time most of you listen to this, they probably will have already made that decision. I will probably be the person that tweets it out and, and puts it out for the world to consume. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just the nature of the way that this is going to go. So um, 
I think it's an interesting situation. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. And I'm, I'm glad that Grubauer is at least forcing the conversation um, and, and, and starting to maybe find a little bit of rhythm. So good, good for him. Uh, we'll see. We'll see ultimately what they decide. I am going to take one last break, come back here on the other side, finish this one off. Um, yeah. All right. That's it. I will be right back. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. Don't go anywhere. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. And welcome back in. Segment number three here, the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. I'm AJ, here with AJ. Just me on this one. Um, I just want to get to, this will be a little bit shorter of a segment uh, theoretically, anyway, I tend to get a little chatty once I get down the uh, train of thought that I get going on. But wanted to get into uh, this weekend a little bit and kind of how the rest of this month is set up for the Avs to really do something, you know, really put themselves in a pretty spectacular position moving forward. First, first of all, the Avs are at 44 points right now. Uh, we all remember two years ago. Colorado managed a whopping 48 points in 82 games. Uh, there's a very real chance they have five games remaining in the rest of this calendar year. Uh, there's there's that's that's 10 points uh, on the board. Uh, they need five of those 10 points to surpass their their 16 17 total um, before 2019. So that would be a pretty impressive growth uh, over time. And, uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, we, we kind of compare towards towards last year. Um, right now, the Avalanche are a little bit ahead of their pace. Uh, they're on pace for a 103-point season still, which is kind of crazy given that they had a five-game losing streak and they're just coming off a 1-3-1 uh, stint. Um, not that two, three, and one is is suddenly spectacular, but it sounds nowhere near as bad as one, three, and one. Because um, two, three, and one just sounds like a hockey way to say you went three and three. <laughs> um, so you know it's it's interesting. Again, Colorado two points behind the division leaders, uh, two points behind Winnipeg, Nashville, and Calgary for the top spot in the West. I mean that's two points. They're they're one win behind those teams. Uh, and the the big benefit for Colorado has been. Their ability to lose uh, beyond regulation, as they have six OTLs, which leads or is tied with Chicago for the lead uh, of the Western Conference. 
Um, you know, Winnipeg, Nashville, and Calgary have six combined. So Colorado is keeping up with those teams because they they find ways to win often enough. But when they're losing, they're they're doing it in overtime. So dope, I guess. Um, yeah, and and also interesting. Uh, you know, this this is the first time Colorado is really going to have a chance to really make a dent in in their home schedule. You know, this this four game homestand that they're on. Three of the games are already over. They're two and one on it. Although it doesn't feel like they've played a good game yet. They've got Chicago remaining. And then they have two more road games. They go to Arizona on Saturday. Then they have the Christmas break. They come out of the break on the road, go to Vegas, play a road game, and then they come back home for a couple more. They play four more home games before hitting the road again. They've got Chicago, L.A., San Jose, and the Rangers. And that's three teams they should definitely beat in Chicago, L.A., and the Rangers, although the Rangers did beat them in the shootout in New York. Um you do, you know, that's a team that you definitely want to beat. Um, but San Jose, you know, San Jose has long really been, uh, they've long owned the Avs, honestly. And even though the Avs p- pulled a couple from them last year, uh, they were interesting games, we'll say the least. <laughs> um, but point is, Colorado has a real opportunity here. Uh, even this weekend, if they, if Chicago and Arizona, if they win both of those games, and then Chicago and LA say they lose in Vegas, like a lot of teams do, although not as quite as it was last year, Vegas is still ten three and one at home this year, so they've still got plenty of game. Um, winning in Vegas if you're a road team is still a tall task. So say Chicago and Arizona, and then Chicago and LA, that puts them. Uh, if they were to win all four of those games, you know, that puts them in a very, very good spot. You know, that starts them off uh, in the new year already at, at 52 points. That puts them just 43 points beyond uh, from from matching last year's uh, season point total. But they still have half a season to get there. And they would only need to average about a point per game. Uh, a standings point per game for the rest of the year, just to match last season at 95. And that's the big thing. They've done such a good job on the road, 11-6-3 on the road, that if they get any kind of rhythm right now at home, they're 8-4-3, and three, which isn't, it's not bad, but it's not great. The three, the three, you know, it's in reality, it's 8-7, and seven, but you've pulled three points out of losses. So you've done okay there. Um, because, you know, two OTLs counts as one win, right? It's not, I mean, not really, but sort of. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is Colorado has done a good, they've done a good job of getting through the, the, the crazy road portion of their schedule. And they've got back-to-back four-game homestands. If they go three and one and three and one on those, they have put themselves in a position where it, they will, they will put themselves in a position uh, where missing the postseason will require effort. And that's, I mean, these are these are important. That's why we talk about these points being important. That's why the second point in St. Louis last week, last week was such a frustrating one for them to let get away because these they matter. And one game adds up, you know, one one game and then one game here and then another game there. And, the, you know, the 7-6 the, the, the game in Vancouver and the 4-3 game against in St. Louis – 
the 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 third period collapse against Calgary. You know, bam. I just found four points on the schedule that they could have easily, easily had, arguably should have had. And, you know, those games have already started to add up. And so you want to you want to be on top. You want to walk out of these walk out of these games with with points. And, you know, with back-to-back, you know, they've got four-game homestand and then they've got a, a two-game, I guess a two-game road trip, although it's split, you know, they 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 play two games in 5 days. 6 days. They play two games in, in 6 days. So it's not exactly an art and they're both in the desert. So it's not really an arduous uh, trip there. Um, so it's, you know, if they, you, you always want to, your goal is 500 on the road and then win games at home. Uh, given who the, the, the competition is Colorado, it's, it's very important that Colorado win Friday night against Chicago. It's not like season breaking important, but it's important because those are, those are points you need to pull from bad teams. And we've seen Colorado this year has been like your classic tweener team where they've done a good job against bad teams. They've taken care of business. Uh, you know, they've beat L.A. already. They've beaten Arizona. Uh, they've not beaten St. Louis. Uh, they've lost twice in overtime to them. Um, you know, they've, they have they beat Anaheim. They've they've done a good job against the, the, the weaker teams. And then you look out, you know, you look out east and – you know, they took care of business against Carolina, Detroit, Florida, Jersey. Um, they beat Pittsburgh once. Uh, they've beat uh, the they beat Boston. They beat Montreal tonight. So they've done a good job against the lower, you know, the 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 lower teams uh, on the totem pole. But they've lost a lot of games, a lot of their games against the better teams. You know, they've lost to Nashville. You know, although they did beat Nashville also that one time, which was super fun. Uh, they've 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 lost to to Winnipeg. They've lost to Calgary. They've lost twice to Tampa Bay. Uh, they lost to Washington and Columbus and the Islanders. They don't like the Metro Division apparently. Um, so it's it's important that they continue to take advantage of the weaker teams on their schedule. They've got the opportunity. To, that's that's where you build your points. And we've seen this team has had a tendency to play down. Um, to their competition in previous that's what bad teams do they get up for the good games because oh these guys are for real we want to show ourselves against the best of the league well you know you know what the best of the league also do they smack around the baddies of the nhl and that's what colorado's got to continue to to take advantage of you know they they've they've got chicago twice uh they've got chicago arizona and and la are for the next five games. There's no reason they should not walk out of there uh, with at least six points. And that's uh, out of out of those five games, I mean, counting the Vegas game. I and mean, if they get points in Vegas, I feel like that's just bonus. I'm not expecting anything from that game. Um, but I'm, I am expecting you have to beat Chicago twice. You have to beat L.A. on New Year's Eve. Um, Arizona is going to be a tougher test just because of the back-to-back situation where you're tired and they're not. Um, but you do want to beat them. You, I mean, that's still that's a, that's, that's a team that's worse than you. You know, Arizona's a, the plucky upstart and blah, 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 blah. But they're, they're still 14 points behind the Avs in the standings. So let's, let's not pretend like Arizona is anything special right now. And they're only 6-9-1 at home. 
So you're talking about a good road team this year in the Avs against a not good home team so far in Arizona. The more I'm looking at this, the more I'm saying they, they really need to win that game too. And you do all those things and you set yourself up because then January comes along. Uh, you have San Jose at home. You know, that's a coin flip. You should really beat the Rangers at home. And then your schedule gets very, very interesting because you go, the Avs will have a back-to-back on the road in Canada against Winnipeg, against Calgary, and then they go to Montreal, to Toronto, to Ottawa. There's a there's a very real world in which they lose all five of those games, or four, certainly four of those games. You really don't want to lose to Ottawa for about 10,000 reasons. Um, but four of those games, you can easily see the Avs losing those. Um, so you want to continue to build that cushion so you you know, you know can give away a couple of games if you need. And then the Avs come home from that trip in January. They take on the Kings. That should be a victory. And then they've got the, the Predators and then the Wild, and then they're done. You know, then the All-Star game, uh, and then the, the they have the All-Star game, and then they have the bye week. And coming out of the bye week, it is a dead sprint to the end of the season. There's no more long breaks. There's no more leisure. You know, oh, you've got three days in between games. You know, you you don't have, I think they have one three-day break the rest of the year. Um, and it's a dead sprint coming out of that. They need to bank, as and we see all the time, teams fade down the stretch. Teams get tired. They get fatigued. The schedule in the NHL is unforgiving, and it's tough. You know, if Adrian was here right now, he'd be all, well, they travel first class, and they do all this, and they do all that. And, yes, he is correct. Those things happen. That is true. But Colorado, it's so important. Good teams bank these points right now so that if that lull happens in January, if something does happen, you know, where they only win two games in the month of January, they can survive that kind of that kind of stretch. And so they've got the opportunity in front of them right now. You have to bank points when you can. Otherwise, that's how you end up in, in, in last year's situation. You end up chasing points down the stretch while the better teams are tweaking their lineups. They're getting they're they're picking spots to rest guys. You know, they're okay, they're they're preparing themselves for the for a postseason because they're pretty comfortable uh standings wise. They know they're gonna be there. Uh, they're getting ready for that. They can start, you know, kind of okay, using the regular season to continue to fine tune a few things, but for the most part it's let's stay healthy, let's get to the postseason. You know, if you if you spend every waking minute down the stretch fighting for the fighting just to just to make the playoffs you're gonna see what we saw last year where the abs just ran out of gas in the first round and if you want to be a team that's taking meaningful steps forward first of all they've got to make the postseason uh for consecutive years they haven't done it in like 10 years so it's time uh it's gotta that's gotta obviously happen they're easily in position to do it today they have to continue down that road um finding a rhythm at home and winning these games against bad teams that's a big part of that. They've got to do that. I feel like I've said that 80 times on this show already, but they've got to do that. They do that. They will be in excellent position to to go through the, the hellscape that is February and March in the NHL schedule where you're playing every other day, regardless of whether or not you're on the road. You know, they have a they have a a, a stretch at some point during the rest of the year where they're they're on the road out east and then they come all the way back home and then they go to like Winnipeg and then they come home and then they go back out east again and it's like 
it's just like this yo they're they're like a yo-yo with the with the airplane and going across the uh, across the country across North America and it just it doesn't stop so the grind is going to be killer we talk about how the avs have been tired out by all that road travel now yes it is a home heavy schedule in the second half of the season but they're going to they're going to be tired because they're going to be playing every other night for two straight months that's going to be exhausting for everybody involved i remember last year Boy, let me tell you. And right now, you know, this is the cushy part of their schedule. This is a very soft portion. Friday, all of this just to say Friday night's game against the Blackhawks, they really need to win. They can't play down. They've got to come out. They've got to beat a bad team that's, that may not have uh, their starting goaltender, doesn't really have very many good players, has an atrocious defense. They need to come out, and they need to work those dudes. They need to, all those Blackhawks fans who have been diehard since 2013 need to get that lesson. You know they need to they need to take the Michael Malone L on the way out. And I think that's all I've got for today. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it is three o'clock in the morning while while I'm doing this. Uh, I am gonna pay some bills before I get out of here, though. Uh, remind you guys that Total Beverage is the jam. I mean, it's it's the jam. You guys already know that because they've been advertising with us forever. Um, we've been we've been up there a bunch of times. Uh, I know a bunch of you guys have have been directed towards them because of us. That's great. You, we need to keep that going. And for a limited time, they are offering ten dollars off a fifty dollar purchase on their website and app. Make sure you use code BSN ten to save ten dollars off a fifty dollar order for all the holiday parties that you're gonna have. Have it delivered to your door. Download the Total Beverage app. Use promo code BSN10 for $10 off your order. Promo code BSN10 on the Total Beverage app for $10 off your next uh, liquor delivery today. I have been AJ Hayfley. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back with my uh, show partners tomorrow. Love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, looking forward to uh, getting into some conversation with my co-hosts and seeing what uh, – Seeing what they all have to say about the game and how the Avs are and all this nonsense. And looking forward to all that. Looking forward to getting back uh, to Blake Street Tavern. Always a great place uh, to go and have a drink. I've started going over there after games uh, pretty regularly just to kind of have a post, uh, post-game post drink wind down. Uh, if anybody ever wants to join me, obviously you're welcome to do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to get out of here for the night. Um, that's going to do it for me. Thank you guys for listening. It's the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go.